0: Sure. Uh, my name is David Rodriguez. I'm a comedian based in Fort Collins, Colorado, and I am opening my own comedy club on Thursday, <laughs> Th- Thursday, February 11th, whenever this airs.
1: Yeah. Yeah. This will, I think this will come out pretty quickly. So, okay. Uh, yeah. yeah I'm opening be... a
0: comedy club in three hours. Please. come. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh God. I hope you're here. <laughs> yeah. Let's just start with that. What, do you, what made you decide to open a comedy club?
0: Uh, we don't have one here in Fort Collins. And I kept, uh, when I started comedy, I kept hearing like rumblings that somebody was going to start one. And that just like kind of never materialized. And mm. the shows that I was producing just kept getting more and more full and more and more popular. Like we had a, I had a weekly and the capacity at the at the spot we were at was like 65 or so and we consistently with like no marketing after three years uh had like over 100 people every week mm. so you know i was like well I, they're making you know two or three thousand in drink sales and i'm getting paid <laughs> 45 dollars a show based after i like pay out all the comics i'm like i need like an adult size portion of like the Yeah, the effort that I'm putting, you know. Yeah. uh, And I was running a monthly theater show as well, and just dealing with a venue that's not. It 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 bugged me not having every aspect of the production be under my control because, Mm. like, I was just like, I'm not like picky about it, but just like certain things, I would love to just have, you know, like I had to rent chairs and put out (laughs) 250 chairs once a month and then pack them all back up because they refused to just buy some like they would have paid for themselves in like three shows but they refused to buy them and store them so i had to like rent them every time and set them up i'm like all right i'll show you guys i'm gonna open up a venue across the street and be successful
1: (laughs) so so um it's a beautiful venue i've seen pictures online it looks amazing you spent a, a, a great amount of time putting this together uh was the building sitting empty before you bought it or
0: it was so it was a music venue and it was an entertainment venue there was a comedy open mic here i did my first comedy set ever in this building oh wow and uh, yeah it was the longest it was like a 10 year long open mic here and it was like the cornerstone of the scene up here and uh and it was also like a dirty punk metal hip-hop okay venue uh and it was cool, but COVID hit and it shut down and the owner was already looking to uh, sell the business and sell the building and start, he was he had a job lined up somewhere else and he was just like, it, it worked out for him because he's like, oh, well, this is an organic stopping point. Yeah. Instead of trying to phase it out. So it, because I looked at uh, leasing it before the pandemic, but he wanted a little bit too much and then everything shut down And after a couple months, he's like, we could probably work something out to where (laughs) I could maybe have some money. (laughs) (laughs) He's Uh,
1: like, some money sounds. Yeah.
0: (laughs) So we, yeah, we figured out a super flexible lease agreement. I like, I gave him um, a few months upfront in exchange for having a longer grace period to do construction since I knew I was going to be doing most of it. Uh, myself and with yeah. friends and didn't want to have to open. Like he wanted to open, he wanted me to open like in the fall. And this was, we signed the lease in July when cases were close to zero. It looked like everything was like done here in, in Larimer County in Fort Collins. And then the 4th of July spike happened. And then, you know, everybody, we're all, we know, we know what happened. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're all but here. even, even yeah. then I was like, I don't know. I don't know if I feel comfortable committing to opening then, Uh, like i i wanted to open uh in like march uh like coming up march and he was like well let's compromise you start paying rent in january and if everything's still shut down we'll like we could do discounts and stuff like that so so there was no like rush to open you know unsafely and now everything's kind of opening back up here where we are oh okay yeah Yeah. limited capacity and space out and all and all that stuff but you know it's things are moving again yeah. which is cool
1: yeah that's that's great yeah uh, that's very exciting did you guys i so i've seen the pictures of like the actual room did you guys build that stage and build the backdrop and all of that or
0: uh well the brick wall is real that's part okay. of the building it's like a 140 year old building and that's like all the original like wow. structural supports and stuff so yeah, it's legit. I hate. I can't stand fake brick. <laughs> like, if you're in a if you're in a comedy club that's like got it's like got like the vinyl, mm-hmm. you know, brick on it, and you're like, this is this is gonna be a terrible crowd for sure. Uh, <laughs> looking at you, most of Florida. No, I don't. Um, it's <laughs> we we moved it. We built the stage out of uh, we re, we repurposed. A lot of the wood from the old stage we like mm. demoed part of it and so part of the seating sits up as like a little balcony where on the old stage and then we used all that it was oh. built out so densely with wood to support music you know you got to be able to support tons of yeah. people on it so there was plenty of wood that we used to build the new stage and we built like railings and stairs and tons of stuff out of it
1: yeah no it looks it looks amazing i i can't wait to stop in and see it, mm-hmm. it looks, yep looks get great. up here um yeah so you did your first open mic how long ago was that then six years wow six years ago um what made you go comedy that's the thing I'm gonna do
0: yeah it's a pretty (laughs) it's kind of a a cliche like moment but like I I tried it and the first laugh I was like this is (laughs) this is what I was supposed to do with my whole life and I didn't realize it till just right now type thing Yeah, Uh, I did like I did drama club in high school and did plays and and stuff like that and didn't realize that like the laughs were my favorite part until (laughs) until recently and I didn't know because when you're not, if you're not a comedian and you've been, and you've never been to an open mic like your perception of stand up comedy is is just the most famous comedians right? <laughs> yeah, that reach, yeah. that reach like, the mainstream kevin that's all hart, you know. that's fine <laughs> yeah you're like well I can't be kevin hart he's playing stadiums so I'll just enjoy it but then you go to an open mic for the first time and you're like oh literally anybody is allowed yeah. to try stand up comedy you're like you that know. guy doesn't even have
1: shoes on, and That's, he's
0: yeah. <laughs> my the the very first open mic I I went to. I remember this very funny Denver comic, Aaron. Yurst followed this guy who was just bizarre. Just came in, you know, just <laughs> off the streets, and was was talking for a while. And and he gets up and he goes, "I used to think that this was art, <laughs> like I I used to think stand up comedy was art, but." then you come to an open mic and realize oh no <laughs> sometimes sometimes it's just a man with an undiagnosed mental illness and a microphone and uh and that's what it is so everything in between
1: yeah he just described half the room <laughs> like, right like,
0: yeah. it's like <laughs> that's that's and like, um i've been diagnosed that's
1: yeah uh, i'm on meds so right. well yeah. in between but yeah yeah
0: <laughs> they're expensive
1: um yeah Shout That's out
0: fun. healthcare insurance broken. Yeah, I just get into a hole. Okay. <laughs> yeah.
1: And then I, I actually something I know about you, and I've never talked to you about before, is that you went and did Montreal.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yep. And I, oh, the the I think that maybe the way I found out, maybe I knew it before, but the way I found out was inside jokes. Was I see you in the background? Oh, in the of, background. Yeah. Yeah. Of yeah. <laughs> one of the shot, and I was just like. How is how do I yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. It was
0: that was so funny because uh we all knew they were gonna be there and because they were following uh Simon Gibson and like a few other people. Mm-hmm. And so the crews would be following them and everybody in the I was on the unrepped New Faces mm-hmm. showcase. So all of us were like, like all the new regular new faces showcase, like they've all got managers and agents and like stuff's already in motion. They've already got late night spots and yeah. stuff, and so we're all just like we 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 were just trying to be in the background of every. We were just like, just ha- having fake conversations, just standing, moving wherever the camera eyeline was. And I think I got about fourteen seconds of uh yeah of airtime. It yeah, ends
1: up it ends up enough where I was like, is that no that is yeah. Yep. yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it was it was cool and it was, but it was also like, it was it was interesting because it was the same exact vibe as every regular comedy festival that I've ever been to it was just comics hanging out shooting the shit happy to be there and excited to just goof around in a city that you've never been to before except everybody is like hyper famous (laughs) so (laughs) it was a weird disconnect yeah yeah definitely something Um, I'll never forget yeah I mean
1: totally so how did that come to did was that like an audition in Colorado or
0: yeah comedy works Comedy okay. Works in Denver uh, had three showcases and everybody who was past there got a spot on those showcases. And I can remember I had just gotten back from LA. My parents, I grew up in California and my parents still mm-hmm. live there. And uh, so I had done a week of shows in LA and I was just like, so like, frustrated because la crowds can are just not very good and uh (laughs) especially compared to i mean nothing compares to comedy works like downtown comedy works sold out on a weekend is insane Yeah, and i was just like ready i was just like ready for like a good crowd and a good set and i just got i was just laser focused and i could feel like this is one of the best sets i've ever put down and uh and then got, I, I got the call like three months before the festival oh okay and they're like yeah can you get a plane ticket to canada for <laughs> 18 days from now and i'm just like i mean i will i'm not gonna say that i can mm-hmm. but i'll figure it out you know yeah yeah you're
1: like i will expedite that passport yeah i'll will. start
0: driving now if i have yeah, to. yeah
1: yeah yeah <laughs> yeah i will buy a car today i <laughs> yeah. yep yeah. So, um, how long were you there for? Like, how long is the whole event, and do you have to be there before the event? Or,
0: yeah, they want you there. I think our showcase was on Thursday, and I showed up Monday. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the whole thing, like, they have like, they have extra like satellite events. And it, like, it seems like the if the thing goes on for like over a month, it's wild, but it's like tons of different live entertainment aspects of it. And it just kind of takes over that whole like square where it is. The actual comedy showcase specific festival, I think it's like 10 or 11 days, I wanna say. Mm. And I was there for a lot of it, but there, our showcase wasn't until Thursday and we get there on Monday and they're like, don't do any sets before. Like you're not allowed to. You're not allowed to hop on anything. Like we don't want anybody really? to see you before. And so we're all just like, all right. <laughs> that was probably the toughest part. Like they, yeah, they're like, they really built the it. anticipation. <laughs> yeah. uh But yeah, no, I mean it was amazing, and I can't, I can't wait to finagle my way back in there, like as industry now that I am opening a comedy club. Mm,
1: I didn't even think about that. Yeah, you. Can oh, I mean go. that's
0: comedy is a scam and I'm gonna play the game the way, yeah, yeah. You know, to <laughs> the fullest extent
1: yeah. yeah that's like uh I years ago found out that comic-con can give you free tickets if you like have a podcast
0: and, oh yeah uh, nice
1: yeah I like messaged someone trying to get a hold of like the phoenix comic-con I wanted to like interview someone and they're like do you want tickets and I was like yeah I mean if they're just given to me that's great
0: (laughs) oh yeah i mean i thought i had already uh gotten those credentials but if you could send them to me again that'd be good
1: yeah and then that was like the real wake-up call where i was like media is a thing i can do (laughs) media
0: (laughs) yeah definitely can't wait to be like a you know dual dual threat hey let me come I'll be industry and I'll help you know network and I'll book comics from a festival just let me just do a, like just let me do some sets maybe just hop on <laughs> somewhere
1: <laughs> I like the idea of you being like uh do you want to come perform at my venue and then I also saw you're doing a show in Ohio can I come to with yeah yeah you for yeah
0: that? <laughs> <laughs> I just, like, I, I bomb in front of somebody on a showcase and then try and book them to headline my club. And they're like, I don't know about that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> they're like, mm, all right. <laughs> <laughs> now that you're this official club owner, um, has that, like, changed your perspective at all on, like, how things run or?
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, yes and no. Because I've always, I've been booking and producing since I very first started because we didn't have shows Yeah. up here and I've got a wife and kids and can't travel as much and so I was like well I'll just bring it to me and quickly realized that like paid quality stage time is like the only currency in stand-up you know amongst Mm. peers and I was like if we can offer that word will get around Oh, yeah. because you know Denver was already a hub and is so popular and such a great scene to have something that's nearby that I was like, it all seemed very logical. I'm like, this is what we're going to do. We'll bring in comics. Word will spread. We'll, our shows will be great because of that. We can get, you know, great talent with paid stage time. And I just, just haven't stopped building on that since I started. And now it's, you know, led to this, which seemed like the ultimate, you know, end. Yeah. 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 So hopefully can going to continue to build on that until we can, you know, build up a reputation a reputation like all the great clubs have that comics seek out to come play.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it seems like uh knowing you, it, it seems like you guys are open to all kinds of comedy. Um it seems like that's like the approach. Cause sometimes you you can kind of sense like what a club goes for, but I, I feel like with you yeah. you're like, yeah, as long as it's good comedy. <laughs> like
0: <laughs> Yeah. Definitely, I mean being a comic and and you know being on the on the front lines of of shows and and knowing who's relevant and who's not really relevant like I can be discerning with who I book I'm not you know I'm not desperate I'm not reaching out to agents I'm like whoever you got like please (laughs) help me out I don't know any I don't know anybody I'm like I've i booked the first I'm booked through July with people that I could just like text and reach out to and and get yeah so yeah I definitely want to do things the right way and everybody that I brought in for my theater show I would ask I'm like what would you like to see in a comedy club what are things Mm. that you don't like like Todd Berry sat down and we talked about it for like an hour and he just told me all of his numerous grievances with comedy clubs (laughs) yeah how I could do things differently and so ultimately that kind of sculpted this like we're more it could be viewed more as like a comedy theater you know, mm. like everything is serving the show. The show's the main thing. It's not just like, it's not just something to attract people so that we could slam out drink sales as fast as possible and then get them tabbed out and shoved out the door. Like we've got a separate bar area that people can hang out at, you know even if they're not here to see a show and no check drop during the show. Like we can, mm. you can pay on your phone afterwards. No last call like during the show nothing to like interrupt the flow of the performance type thing and just lots of little things like that that serve to make it a better experience for the comic and the audience
1: wow yeah that's that's wonderful and the, i didn't even think of the app idea of paying on your phone after yeah, that it's,
0: i mean that's a nice organic thing that the market has developed because of covid you know nobody wants to touch or be near anybody <laughs> so yeah like, i mean i didn't yourself. before
1: but yeah now right. I'm definitely
0: <laughs> just for I... personal reasons now i'm a hero for feeling that <laughs>
1: yeah way. yeah 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 before i was just like they're like he's just a little standoffish and now now <laughs> everyone else is like i get it so I'm, yeah that's a nice organic thing that happened but yeah so d- do you see um do you see doing maybe virtual shows in the uh there or
0: I might be so we have like an audio visual setup already just for recording sets because Mm -hmm. that's also a super important aspect of why people like to do club shows is getting good tapes so we have like a nice camera and mic setup and the crowd is miked uh and so and the audio is already like mastered so when we do have tapes like the look and sound good that's one thing that I don't like about most of the clubs that I've been to when I get a tape is like they don't have crowd mics. So like you can mm. crush and you get the tape back and you're like, wow, it looks like I just ate shit for 12. Yeah, minutes. yeah, yeah. Yeah. The uh, one directional mic and that's it. Yeah, yeah. And it's pointed you. like right at a server who's like always talking to somebody in the front row. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Um so we have that. I don't think with live shows opening back up, like I I don't know, it's such a whole other world and beast to set up that streaming you got to set up a platform you got to yeah. have like you got to do all that stuff so I'm, i don't have any plans to put that in place now but i might be able to do like we tape the shows and edit them and you know tighten them up and then sell like the link after that and it's available for a couple days mm. like if you want to buy that and watch it type thing
1: yeah yeah do you plan on going like the laugh factory approach where they put like little clips up for comics yeah. or yeah yeah, yeah definitely yeah. Cause I, I think that's wonderful. And, and you are right. Like I uh, there are some clubs I can think about that. I think part of the, the reason I really liked doing them was like the tape afterwards that they, it was like really like a true nice camera nice setup good angles yeah because you know, sometimes you're like is this a security camera is that what yeah, i got yeah, yeah and you're like this is not what i wanted. to put record on this the on your
0: phone when it was running out of battery <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> why can i see the line prep in front of me
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's that's another like little thing that was like okay it costs you know it's an extra whatever it was you know $1,500 to buy like a good camera good microphones like upfront cost and then now forever like it's something that comics will look forward to
1: yeah 100% yeah because I mean getting a, yeah getting a tape is so hard I was just talking on that the podcast the other day that was the last time I hosted at the Tempe Improv I was trying to get a good like tape out of it and um like the one day that I like really crushed like I forgot to even press
0: record so Mm
1: -hmm.
0: uh, that's how it goes that's the (laughs) yeah that's the eternal curse of of the comedian trying to get a tape
1: yep yep and then the one night that I did record immediately heckled like right away like as soon as I walked
0: out just a drunk
1: crowd (laughs) I was like cool all right great glad I hit record on this one
0: (laughs) I think the last time I was at the the improv was to do Turner's show and he walked out and he's like how's it going guys and like it was like cricket you could like hear a pin drop and there was like a hundred people there and he's like he just he just deadpan he's like I fucking hate your energy right now (laughs) and they just like they laugh and then he like got him from there but I was like "Woof, yeah that's (laughs) When you want to get a good tape, it never seems to be perfect. Yeah, yeah. You know,
1: and like the improv, that was like built for tapes, you know, like.
0: Right. Yeah, they did the specials
1: back in the 90s there. And, and so that was,
0: liked. yeah, that's, I mean, so I, I went to ASU and the improv was the first place I ever saw life. I saw a tell there in like, oh, four, I want to say. Really? And, oh, it was amazing. Yeah, I saw a tell and I saw Tosh and I saw Bo Burnham when he was like his very first tour doing stand-up, He came through.
1: Oh, the uh, um, underage tour or whatever.
0: Yeah, yeah. He yeah. was like 18 years old. And <laughs> yeah. like, it was like after the late show and he was like tired. It was like past his, but you could tell he just like hated it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I remember Attel filmed uh, Insomniac after and he like had like the intro to the show. He was like coming out of the improv and like walking down the stairs. And I always thought that was, that episode was hilarious because everything shuts down in Tempe. And so it was like 2 a.m. And, he, and he's like just walking down Mill Avenue. He's like, hey, there's something interesting. Nah, just kidding. Everything's closed. Uh, <laughs> he just like just ripped on Tempe for half the episode.
1: I'm going to have to go find that episode. I haven't uh, I haven't yeah. watched Insomniac
0: in forever. Yeah, uh, he ends up going to like a rock quarry or something like that. And it's, it's like <laughs> a pretty boring episode. <laughs> That's pretty fun.
1: Yeah, I, I used to watch that show all the time because it would just come on at three in the morning. Yeah. On- and just, you know, I'm like 12 years old being like, yeah, this is what life is like. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: You're like, yep, that's going to be me. I'm going to be out there living.
1: It sounds like you have uh, a lot booked. Um, is there anyone that you're like very stoked about, about the future coming to the club? Everybody.
0: Everybody I have booked. I'm very stoked. Such a about. club owner answer. <laughs> <That's>, uh,
1: <laughs> I mean,
0: I, every ticket that I. I It's I have to sell tables right now because of Mm -hmm. COVID. Like I can't sell individual tickets. you got to buy a whole table. Yeah. Uh, And you show up as a complete party. You sit down, you don't mingle. Like that's, they're spaced out. That's the deal. That's the protocol. And so I only have like, you know, 12 or 13 like tickets available Mm -hmm. per show. So they're selling out. I I mean, the whole month of February is like already sold out. Like they can't, I can't post shows fast enough. Really? Uh, so, yeah, so that's been nice. Um, I've got, you know, Sean, Shane Torres is doing opening weekend this week. I love Shane. He's one of that's my favorite great. comics. Um, Sean Patton's going to be here at the end of the month. Uh, I've already got Pepitone booked for the end of July. Oh, that's uh, he's one of my favorites. Uh, yeah. Taylor Tomlinson said she would do the show. We got to find a date for her. Um, my, my ultimate goal the Lincoln Center here is our big concert venue. It's got like 1,200 seats or something. Oh, okay. And I was working with them before to do a show in their smaller side theater that holds like 250. And we and it got shut down and we kept pushing it back and obviously it didn't happen. So my goal, because they bring in big names to fill that big theater, my goal is to like use that relationship to get like little pop-in, you know, yeah, uh, shows after yes, the big shows because so. they brought like lewis black and and maria bamford and people like that played like the big theater I'm like oh hey let me get their info see if they want to just yeah sneak yeah. over afterwards because it's like five minutes away yeah yeah so.
1: that's exactly the approach uh i was running a show like down the street from the tempe improv and it was uh late lunch and so it started at like what do we start at like 3 p.m so i mm-hmm. would like if i knew the headliner often i'd be like hey if you're just around at 3 p.m <laughs> and yeah. you got nothing happening <laughs> which i know s- you don't <laughs> yeah <laughs> come get some fa tell some jokes <laughs> nice. yeah yeah but that's that's cool man that's very cool how many seats are you guys like what well, will your normal
0: seat yeah be? post post covid uh my capacity will be like 140 that's a great number man so. I think it's the perfect size. I I you know, I did a lot of rooms and did a lot of research and made notes everywhere I went. Mm. And this seemed to be like the perfect kind of kind of size. And I talked to Jared who owns the Comedy Attic and he was like, "Yeah, you want like at least 130, preferably like 150 is kind of the number you need for it to make financial sense for like big names when they want rooms to work out like new material, like yeah, lower key uh so i tried to shoot for that and couldn't quite get to 150 but pretty close it does seem like there is like a breaking point
1: of like how many seats you do need for it to like naturally make sense um for sure because like yeah like anytime you do those venues that are like really small and it's like it's it's hard it's hard for them to stay alive because they need to do double the amount of shows It seems like to be able to even yeah keep yeah up so right now it.
0: we're <laughs> since we're capped at 50 it's like shane said we could add thursday no problem we're doing thursday friday saturday and we almost like i could have but i resisted adding like a third super early show uh each day i'm like i don't want to make my buddy do nine shows (laughs) in the weekend like that's for for like the same pay that he would do a normal weekend yeah of like four or five shows
1: (laughs) squeezing every drop of it (laughs) yeah i
0: was like i'll just i'll let that momentum carry over uh do you know brent gill have you have you met him he's a colorado comic and he runs a comedy show
1: sounds familiar yeah
0: yeah so he's doing next weekend Okay. And I was like, I'll just like, I'll just keep this momentum and people will, you know, just buy tickets for the next week if they yeah. missed out. And his show sold out almost immediately as well. That's, <laughs>
1: so. yeah. You know, um, I heard a funny comparison about like uh, the 1920s. I don't know if you've heard like this idea. Oh, yeah, yeah, that, yeah.
0: Like prohibition.
1: Yeah, type, yeah. yeah. Like, so like everything was shut down. And then when everything could kind of open back up, that's like the roaring 20s. And it's just like, it just a boom. And um, I was actually talking to someone last night that runs events uh, overseas and they were kind of opening up in their country and they said like, yeah, tickets immediately for everything sold out. Like they're like, it, yeah. d- it doesn't matter what it was. It just was like gone. And yeah. uh, they can see like that there's going to be just such a demand. And
0: uh, yeah. I know, yeah. And that's kind of what, like why people were like, well, are you like nervous about opening up now? Like, why would you do this now? And it's like, well, I I signed the lease when it looked like I would be able to do it safely immediately, and then that wasn't the case. But it just it seemed I'm I'm not I'm not I've never been like a business person. I've never like you know had to take risks and and calculated risks. But I was like, this seems like what a, a a business person would do. Like this seems this is what a smart shark person would want to be in place for when things open up and be there for that like that initial boom and that demand, instead of waiting, be like, okay, now it's safe. Now we'll start. And then it's like a year of construction and paperwork and permits Mm -hmm. and stuff. And like, and then by then you're, you know, you're behind.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like I I've worked with like a lot of coffee shops that are like opening and, um, that's like, even like in the last year, I've seen a lot of my friends kind of open their second shop or something like take advantage of like the loans that were kind of available and like, and just the certain, so they're like hanging low. And so like, I I agree with you. Like I, you know, it's, it's not that I uh, own a a comedy club or anything, but I've seen uh, a lot of my friends be like, yeah, I'm going to open this and I'm just going to slowly. And then I can fully open that new shop up after everything and and i i really do think that's how it's going to be because i know for a fact i'm an introvert but i'm i'm ready i'm ready to sure. just be out
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i'm so ready if, to uh, hate people in person again you yeah know? Like, I I wanna... <laughs> oh
1: man i can't wait uh, can't wait to ignore everyone by yep. using my phone a lot <laughs> yep but um, it just
0: does it yeah just it you know it just hits different using your phone by yourself you know you uh, be around people using your you're
1: right man when they're having a conversation (laughs) and you're just zoning out on the on the old facebook it's Mm -hmm. it's different (laughs) how long did you plan on opening a club before you made the move like it seems like it you were talking about taking notes and stuff so it seems like it was yeah i mean
0: it's kind of it's definitely been a goal since i started i mean it's been a kind of a thought you know mm. um but actual physical plans got in motion before i went to montreal so um like two and a half years or so mm. okay uh yeah it just started because i posted to facebook when the place that we were running shows and they like we'll rebrand into like a grill and comedy club because these shows are going so well and so we had like a pseudo club that all I had to do was book comedy and like and they the restaurant would do all the rest and they like paid us a little bit and it was great and then they as we were building momentum after like six months the owners of the building not even the business owners of the building were like hey we said that you you said you were going to be showing CSU football games and showing sports on the weekends. And that's what you're going to do. And so they gave me a week notice. They're like, yep, this is done. Uh, I had it booked out for like five months and they're like, Nope, this is the last week. And so they closed. So it was like shortly after that, like a couple months after that, they closed. And so I just took a selfie in front of the closed <laughs> building being like, Who who wants to, who wants to help me buy this building so I can start a comedy club? And people were like, you should actually start a comedy club. And I was like, oh, maybe I should. And it just like, that was the seed and it, and it grew from there.
1: I, I I just want a video of you outside of your club being like, "This was all a joke." And look, I I committed yeah. to the bit. <laughs>
0: like- yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was too yeah too scared to to chicken out every step along the way. When I'm like, "I was just kidding. I don't really know how to do any of this." It just that's what kind of, it, comedy is just bullshit. You just stack bullshit on top of bullshit until you can reach things that mean something. That's yeah, all it is, yeah. you know?
1: I, I had Rick Roberts on the show, and right away he was like, yeah, I know a lot about trees. And I was like, do you? And he was like, I don't know. And I'm just like, yeah, yeah. what a comic <laughs> thing to say. I'm just like, <laughs> so yeah. yeah, let's talk about trees for a long time.
0: <laughs> just yeah. it's like, it. no, I can seem like it if you need me to, though.
1: Yeah, yeah, uh, we could do that. <laughs> right. What uh, What advice do you have for yourself three four five six years ago uh and 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 the answer can't be patience
0: um no i mean i have i've had patience uh, <laughs> like i mean the process has gone pretty smoothly so maybe i already did go back and give myself that advice and i don't remember it but <laughs> oh you're like, a time traveler <laughs> ex- yeah 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 maybe we'll see later <laughs> i guess uh except help out. accept help from people be willing to you know be be open to that and when people offer help like ask for specific things the least helpful thing people can do would be like anything you need let me know like okay i've got 350 people that have said that like i'm not gonna what do i do i start a mailing list and be Mm -hmm. like all right who wants to bring you know like if you're offering help to somebody be like i can do this and this and this if you need that hit me mm-hmm. up you know okay uh accept help i mean it's this is all possible because the community supports it uh don't take don't take networking lightly because comedy at pretty much all levels is you know you it's need people to have your back yeah <laughs> like if if people don't support what you're doing or, or know about it, then there's no way it can succeed. And and you see these little clubs pop up from people that aren't part of the community. And that you're just like, this is going to be some, some dog shit. And, and <laughs> it
1: is. yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I think at any point in my career, most things I've gotten from has been from other comedians. Sure. Of course. You know, and that's, that's all it seems to be. So yeah, it's, it's definitely, relationships are so important. Um. Well, thank you for being on the show. I yeah. really appreciate it.
0: Um, I can't wait to come back to, to Arizona. I, yeah, man, please do. I, I snuck out there for just a little like a little boys weekend played like disc golf and, and home game <laughs> poker game for a night. But I want to get I got to do stand up live for the first time when I was out there for Christmas, like two years ago. And it was insane. It was so fun. Nice. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, definitely want to get back out there and do some more yeah. shows. Yeah,
1: definitely. Yeah, let let me know when you're out this way. But um, where can people find you
0: online? Well, the club is at Comedy Fort Collins. And that is like everything I do now is kind of just to serve that for at least a little while until I can trust people to run it and I can leave and do shows again. Uh, so just the Comedy Fort. Uh, and I'm, yeah, that's that's pretty much just what I'm posting from now. <laughs> from okay. or about. So,
1: And then uh, I like to ask, which one do you feel like you use
0: the most? uh. Um, I'm trying to use Instagram more because that seems to be the most effective one. But I'm a Facebook I'm old, so I, I use Facebook. Like that's that's where I'm comfortable and that's where I do the best.
1: Yeah, I'll put all the links in the show notes. Um, thank you again Sweet. for being on the show. I've been your host, Zach Lyman. This has been the Zach Lyman Podcast.